Hello. Hello and welcome to the New Mind Collective podcast. Once again, it is your host, New Mind, a.k.a. Kyle Evans. And today we have a very, very, very special guest with us. He was supposed to be the interview on episode two. Unfortunately, we were still figuring out the uh, technical side of recording the podcast at that time, and we weren't able to get it. But now, for episode four, the one and only Austin Fox. Kind of build me up a lot there. I mean, what if I, what if I can't deliver now? You know? I mean, the, ex- the expectations are at a new high, so... Well, that's what we're doing. I mean, you know, we got to set the bar high and uh, and shoot for the stars. That's what we're trying to do. This is, I mean, this is the New Mind Collective. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't Joe Rogan. any. This, uh, this, <laughs> hey, no, I love Joe Rogan. This Joe Rogan is one of my inspirations, pal. You don't ever, you know, that man is a saint. You don't speak about <laughs> him. He's a saint. You don't speak about him that way. I have a poster of him in my room. <laughs> okay, let's not get carried away. However, also. Uh, have you seen that man's spinning heel kicks or any of his? I, have not, I any can't of his say I have. Okay. For a long time, uh, I actually thought Joe Rogan was uh, Dana Carvey. Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, for like a while, because I feel like, I don't know. I, How did you? I just thought they looked alike for so long. And I was like, uh, I, I don't know. I just thought like they were just the same person for a while. Dana, I just thought Dana Carvey was Joe Rogan. And, da- and Dana Carvey. Like, I mean, I knew they, like, I mean, no, I thought, I didn't think they, you know, had separate names, obviously. I just thought, like, no, Dana yeah. Carvey. Was, no, like, you thought they were him. one and the same. What was that? So you thought they were one and the same person. I thought they were the same person, yes. But you, then just to be clear for our listeners, Dana Carvey, and correct me uh, if I'm wrong, he's the guy from um, The Master of Disguise, and is it Saturday Night Live or, or Matt no, TV? No, that's... Um, okay, yes, it is. Wait, I'm incorrect. I'm talking about the... <laughs> Who are you thinking of? I am very, I am very, very wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the leader of the UFC, Dana White, I think. Oh, Dana... Okay, that makes a lot more sense. That makes a lot Dana more White. sense. Yes, Dana White. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot more sense because um, you being, you know, in the comedy... I would have thought you knew Dana Carvey, the comedian, and, and, and he and Joe Rogan do not look anything alike. However, oh, no, they don't. I was, I, I was thinking of Dana. I, I mean, Dana's, Dana's not a normal name. There's only a couple of Danas out there. So. Sure, exactly. And also, you know, it makes a lot more sense with Dana White and Joe Rogan since Dana White and Joe are both, you know, bald and kind of bigger, more muscular, you know, martial mm-hmm. arts guys. So I can definitely see the, the mix up there. Yeah, Dana Carvey, no. Dana, Dana Carvey, not so much. Not so much on the Dana Carvey, uh, Danica Patrick, uh, not her either. <laughs> but hey, did you did you ever watch um, Fear Factor with Joe Rogan? Yes, I did. Okay. Watched a couple episodes. I wish they would kind of bring that back. That was an interesting show. Yeah, Joe, uh, if you ever listen to Joe talk about it, he always says that was, you know, one of the only things on TV that he liked to do, but, you know, it was crazy, the stuff that they got people to do on there. But I just didn't, I didn't know if you remembered that show. Of it was a good one. So shout out mm-hmm. to Joe and the Joe Rogan podcast. Love you guys. <clears throat> Today, however, it's New Mind Collective. I don't want you guys to think that we're promoting other podcasts. It's about New Mind Collective. And there is a lot going on in the world today in the news. I never intended for uh, the New Mind Collective to be a socio-political 
um, podcast, maybe social, but definitely not a political podcast. However, there's so many things going on in the world today involving uh, politics and more specifically legislation. I mean, we've got gun control um, that's going on right now. There's teachers in Oklahoma and also, I, I believe, Kentucky who are on strike for um, funding not only for um, themselves but also for the students in the schools. There's uh, gun control, if I didn't already mention that. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg was just in front of the, um, a certain congressional committee um, facing um, questions as far as Facebook's handling of user uh, sensitive user information and, and their privacy. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's so many um, polarizing and and kind of major topics. Um, and also, I don't know if you even uh, heard about this, it's just recently uh, what's going on in Syria with the, um, you know, with them alleging that there is chemical uh, weapons used by the Assad regime and that um, the United States responded with airstrikes, with, Allied support from Britain and France. I heard about that. Yeah, and Russia, being a supporter of Assad's regime, has I, I believe threatened you know retaliation in some in some sort of form. They actually have Russian citizens embedded into the Syrian um, units and platoons. So there's just craziness going on all over the place, and mm-hmm. you know New Mind Collective being a positive. Um, encouraging, free-thinking, problem-solving, you know, collective, I thought it was appropriate that we kind of tackle a lot of these big issues and kind of see where the resolve is going to come in at. Is it going to be through legislation? Is it going to be through, you know, committees and, and government organizations passing laws and either granting or restricting rights? Is that going to resolve these these big issues that we have, or is it going to come more from a organic self-realization awareness that people have of what we need to do as a society and as as human beings instead of just focusing on this overriding agenda that seems to be you know taking place before our eyes what do you think um i feel like definitely the kind of where it needs to be the i guess the solution is definitely with the people i mean if people, I mean, I had the perspective for a long time, it's like, hey, things are going badly. I mean, what am I as one person going to do to stop, like, you know, stop, I guess, you can, the car going off the rails, you know, for an analogy, or, and it's just, I like, I had that idea for a long time, you know, I'm just one person, what could I possibly change? But I feel like that's kind of the mental state that's kind of, I guess, allowing these things to happen is because everyone's just saying, you know, what am I going to do? It, but it's like, that's where it needs to stop. Everyone needs to say like, you know, I'm one person, but if everybody had the mindset of I can change, you know, like I can change these things that are going on or I can help my community or I can do so on and so forth to help, I guess, benefit the country or all these things, then, you know, some of these things might not be happening or some of the, all these, I mean, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I guess that's just my opinion. Sure, and just you know, you were kind of seemed like you were having a hard time getting a hold of, of what you were trying to say. They all. I know. To... I was. Uh, I was having a hard time of like no, trying it's... to get the words for correct words and. No, it's fine. But I was, I'm going to try to paraphrase it. So you're saying that 
<clears throat> it's you know it's going to come from the people that it's you know that we're having to that it's going to come from us to change. And one of the problems is I think what I heard you saying was that it's kind of an apathetic um, disposition where people are saying I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just one person. I don't know the impact mm-hmm. I can make. And then they actually just you know, stay in a, a state of inaction and then things just kind of perpetuate in a negative way. Is that right? Or did Absolutely. I, did I, okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. It's, it's hard as a human being. Um, you know, life is hard. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have a, have a natural selfishness about them, whether it's, whether you believe that's nature or nurture, um, you know, an evolution, survival of the fittest, people, you know, thinking that if they don't take care of themselves, that they're not going to make it. They're not, they're not concerned about providing the, the nutritional or providing any sort of needs for others until their needs are met, because if they don't, then they're not going to survive. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, there's a difference, some would say, between humans and animals, and that we have compassion and, and maybe empathy empathy and maybe a higher state of either evolution or if you believe in creation like I do that, you know, God gave you certain um, inalienable characteristics and intrinsic personality traits <clears throat> that it has nothing to do with natural selection or evolution and that you're made to care about other people. And, you know, there's a there's a selfishness there, too. And, you know, I have beliefs from where that comes from. But, you know, either way, it's just a lot easier for people to look the other way instead of instead of sacrificing and, you know, making a commitment to positive change or impacting Mm -hmm. their community and friends and family in a positive way. Yeah, I mean, of course, like... uh it's it is hard i'd say i mean when you don't really have any i guess um don't have any what's the word i'm trying to look for uh assets i suppose mm-hmm. if you don't have any assets you like to as far as being able to make a difference austin uh, yes, uh, like, so, um, I'd say without any assets, like, it's hard, like, like you were saying, it's hard for a person just to realize, like, yeah, um, without any assets or any connections, how could I go out into the world where this, you know, it seems like unending flow of, um, media just, like, pouring out all these things that are going wrong in the world, all these, you know, evils and atrocities, like, how could I go out? just one person and change all these things you know it's overwhelming it's overwhelming yeah absolutely it's it almost discourages people like saying like uh you know what's the point of going out and changing something if you know more bad things are just going to keep coming on well that definitely can be discouraging and you can feel like you're just fighting an uphill battle sure i mean that's that's kind of one of the things though is you know or, or maybe a point that that deserves being made is when you look at the news or certain things that are portrayed on social media, are you actually seeing an accurate depiction mm-hmm. of what's going on in the world? Because it's no secret that the news thrives off of viewership, you know, that we, yeah, since of the creation of the 24th. Sometimes they'll put out, you know, certain things to get more viewership or they'll, I guess, they'll post the most 
yeah, I mean, story that will attract the most viewers, yeah. For sure, and also, you've you got to think, we've got a 24-hour news network now. There's, mm-hmm. there's cable stations or television stations that, um, you know, that have news programs going on 24-7, seven days a week. And they've got to fill those slots with something. And what gets people engaged is fear. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the that's the Absolutely. highest that's the highest response in the brain, or one of the highest. I'm not a I'm not a neuroscientist, but one of the highest responses in the brain is fear. So if they can pump your your eyes and ears and you know your brain full of terrifying images and all these fearful, um, you know, subjects and stories, then it'll keep you engaged. But it might not necessarily give you a very clear depiction of what's actually going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because uh, mm-hmm. well, I was just going to say there's, you know, 300 plus million, maybe even 500 million people in the United States. And the amount oh, yeah, of good and the amount of good that's going on versus the amount of bad is, is overwhelming mm-hmm. in the other direction. But you just don't hear about it. You, you mm-hmm. don't hear about all the good, the good things. things. Yeah, you don't hear about all the good things that are going on. You only hear about the school that gets shot up or... Mm-hmm. You know, the the killer that's on the loose or the car chase. I mean, news stations will have a car chase on for for oh, hours, that. <laughs> you know, till they till they till they catch the person. They'll be talking about the same same mm-hmm. subjects and same events for, you know, hours on end. And it's always the same doom and gloom. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's I mean, I guarantee you people they would get more viewership like, uh, all, you know, all these atrocities like showing a. I mean, it's like I guarantee you, it gets more viewership than someone wanting to hear about. Uh, I mean, like a food kitchen going on. I mean, obviously, not no one's going to really like. There's not going to be as much viewership as you know something horrible that happens that everyone you know wants to know about. Sure, they feel like if they don't tune in, they're they're going to miss vital information or they're going to mm-hmm. you know die. But yeah, so absolutely. what? So so back to I don't want to get derailed to what's you know too much going on in the media just yet, but. Mm-hmm. What what makes you feel like it's it's our responsibility as individuals to impact a positive change? Why isn't it the government's fault? Why are not fault? Mean, but why, why isn't, isn't it the government's responsibility? Right. Why isn't it their responsibility? Why why can't we expect the government to legislate our country into a state of utopia? Um. Well, I mean, so. There's a couple things there. So probably going to the first thing is that why is it uh, our responsibility, not the government's? Um, I feel like it's our responsibility because, I mean, it's the uh, United States was made for, you know, free people. It was meant to be a place for, you know, uh, religion of freedom and, you know, free speech and all these things. And when those things are being jeopardized, you know, freedom of religion is being jeopardized, government's wanting... Uh, states or churches not to be able to discriminate against, you know, um, homosexual marriages and all these things. And I mean, it's when I, when the, when it's being jeopardized by the government, then is it not our responsibility as the people to step in and say, you know, this is wrong. This is what, you know, the founding fathers created America for, and you're taking away these rights and these liberties, uh, I mean, I feel like at that point we need to say, you know, no, this is wrong. It's like the line needs to be drawn somewhere, and say, you know, this isn't what they, this is what the founding fathers wanted, 
And it's our responsibility as the people to go out and, you know, if the government's not, if the government's actually pushing these agendas and pushing these ideas, it's our responsibility to go out and uh, go out and try to whatever terminology, whatever terminology you would like to use, but to go out and kind of stop these or go out and make a change or just go out and like grab people's attention and say, no, this is wrong. And you're yeah, as far as the people are concerned, because yeah, the government's not going to do that. If the government is making the government's pushing the agenda, it's not, you know, of course it's not going to self-regulate necessarily. Yes. Self-regulation rarely works because mm-hmm. there, Correct. you know, there is a, a, an underlying agenda. But I think what, I think what happens with a lot of people is maybe, you know, they, they're either sold out. There's, there's probably a few different camps. You're either sold out and government support you. You love the nanny state. You, you want, to be taken care of you like all the government um, programs and all the free the free stuff <clears throat> and then and you know it, they don't always have to go hand in hand there's people that are you know certainly um, you know super loyal or super patriotic fundamentally to the country for whatever reason it might not even they might be mentally you know ill or be what might be labeled as radicals um, and then there's probably people that are um, anti-government as well on the other end, or anarchists that don't like, you know, police. They don't like any sort of authority whatsoever. They've got issues there. But then there's there's probably a plethora or you know a variety of other groups that fall somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. Um, you know, the the most popular, in my opinion, would probably be people that like to use the government as as kind of a, a tool. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to be bothered by the government if it interferes with their freedom or liberty. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, if there's, them. right. But if there's something else, if they want, you know, certain legislation passed, then they'll definitely use it to their advantage to, you know, push their agenda. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like that happens a lot, you know, with people, you know, using welfare or I mean, don't get me wrong, welfare is a great thing. My dad uses welfare. You know, he can't obviously work anymore. He's a 65-year-old man with, you know, heart problems and all these things. He can't use it. But the people who, you know, do use it, like people who are able-bodied and can go into the workforce, but they just kind of choose not to. They're using the government, you know, just to kind of, I guess, kick back and be lazy. I obviously think, I obviously think the system is flawed by all means. Um, I think there could be a lot of changes, what those changes might be. I'm not sure. I feel like uh, I feel like that's kind of the people's responsibility to voice our opinions and say, you know, even though I don't believe that you know America's a democracy, it's but uh, it's kind of the people's responsibility to voice their own opinions and go out and try to change the wrong. Because if nothing, because if the people don't go out and change the wrong, then the government's just going to keep going. And you know, well, I mean, uh, let's let's when look- does it end? Sure. Well, I mean, let's look. Let's look at some of the some of the big things that are going on in the news right now. Like we kind of touched on um, a few of them earlier. The mm-hmm. the Mark Zuckerberg being in front of the congressional committee answering mm-hmm. questions as far as the how information is being used and stored, all user information mm-hmm. data. Did you have you seen any of the the interviews or? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of the clips. So mm-hmm. you're seen, so you're familiar with the. Kind of the backstory. I know there's a lot, of, going I know there's a lot of jokes about it, but <laughs> a lot of memes. A lot of memes. <laughs> Spicy yeah. memes. Calling Mark Zuckerberg a lizard man and calling him a robot. 
<laughs> Did they really? Oh, they, they have oh yeah, no, uh, there's a there's just a plethora of them on the internet. But yeah, they're calling him like a lizard. Hey, listen, really don't listen, don't say plethora just because I said plethora. Okay, that's just. Oh, there's a ton of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's, a, there's a there's a mountain of them. There's a cornucopia. Cornucopia. Uh, Copi- copious amounts. Copious amounts of memes, spicy memes. Spicy. Well, but, I, but in all seriousness, I mean, what do you think as far as as far as that's concerned? Do you think it should be up to to Facebook to self-regulate themselves, and can they be trusted to protect? You know, use. Well, I guess I should. I guess I should take a step back, and just for the people that aren't aware, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was in front of the congressional committee answering questions from several different senators and Congress people. As far as, um, like I said, use of data is stored and, and how it's used. And it's kind of up for debate. I guess some people want the government to step in and say, Facebook, you can only you know do this with information. You have to let people know um, with significant you know, warning or uh, notice how their information is going to be used and stored, how to get rid of it, how to adjust their privacy settings. Because <clears throat> what's being alleged is all Facebook has been told several times by different people, if I'm not mistaken, they might even be on some sort of um, probation with um, uh, FCC or a- another communication organization or government uh, office and they've they've been known to be in, involved in some shady dealings as far as information goes, or, or alleged to be, and they still haven't done anything about it. So that's why they called in Mark Zuckerberg to see what could be done if he's willing to work with them, or if they're going to have to step in and pass laws that are going to kind of dictate and direct the direction that uh, technology and, and our society goes. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, the internet in and of itself, whenever you get on the internet, you're subject to your information being taken or, you know, people are, people have crimes committed on like identity fraud or identity theft and all these things. And But I feel like when it comes to a very, probably one of the most known websites on the internet, Facebook arguably, but whenever it comes to them and they're supposed to be kind of, I guess, almost a leading example saying, you know, like, this is wrong, or whatever, it's something that's so professional, like uh, like Facebook, kind of seen as this business that needs to be very, you know... Like a corporation? Uh, un- yeah, like corporation that needs to be very unbiased and doesn't need, you know, all these things, but whenever they're showing kind of these shady dealings, mm-hmm. it's, um... I mean, it's just wrong, like, uh, obviously. <laughs> they, I don't think that... And back to where you were saying about, you know, the government stepping in, um, I feel like obviously I feel like they should do it by Facebook should do it themselves they should realize you know this is wrong but I mean if it continues to happen I mean you said it was a continued problem already like that they have been talked about it uh, they've been told a couple of times I believe I believe what they said was since 2015 <clears throat> there there were allegations or there was proof that came out that there was um, data companies and potentially other organizations that were scraping I believe they were calling it data scraping or data scrubbing where they were taking data from Facebook and then using user data to do all sorts of things like they believe uh, influence, that was part of what they believe was uh, alleged to influence the election process. Um, it's also a big part of what causes directed ads to pop up. Like if you've ever 
looked at any any yeah, certain product or any you know vacation spot or travel you know travel plans you'll start to see those you know type of ads pop up in facebook mm-hmm. um you know and, and like you said facebook uses all sorts of uh, all sorts of data but the question is <laughs> you know and what like you were just saying should they be able to regulate or should the government do it for them and i think you were just starting to say that that you think that they should do it themselves because I mean yeah they're obviously they're a corporation and I feel like they need to realize what's wrong and they, you know they kind of got you know they kind of got their hands slapped and said like hey this is wrong I feel like at that point they just seem to like you know yes it is this shouldn't be allowed we should you know, obviously regulate this more and I feel like what they did was definitely wrong and they should realize that and, you know try to change it because you know I don't know how many millions upon millions of people probably use Facebook and when they don't feel like guess their information is safe I mean I would, get, I would be willing to bet that they would be willing, want to go to other sites and you know Facebook would start to lose I guess you could say quote unquote membership and it would start to hurt their company if they don't you know obviously if they don't change I mean I bet it even hurt it now whenever Mark Zuckerberg was brought before the Senate people were realizing that their information was being leaked I bet the company took a hit there and uh, but if they don't you know try to fix these things and show the people, you know, we're working on these problems and we're definitely absolutely trying to fix them, then I feel like their membership is going to take a hit and in turn that will affect their business. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's tempting for me to, to sit on the sidelines and look at that, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of questioning or (laughs) kind of seem like an interrogation. It sometimes was, you know, it was necessary and appropriate, and it was nice for a second to sit back and be like, yeah, you know, question mark, and, you know, kind of hold his feet to the fire a little bit and see what's really going on, because he's, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a billionaire now. He's, you know, the head of one of the most successful companies in the world. I believe Facebook has over a billion users. You know, it's easy to kind of start making um, exceptions for yourself and provisions, saying, hey, you know, we run this mega corp." And, you know, I'm this powerful person. I'm just going to kind of do whatever I want or not even do whatever I want, but I'm just not going to be as accountable as I should be or as diligent as I should be. And he kind of squirmed during the interview and was sweating a lot. And, you know, I was tempted to feel bad for him because, you know, I don't know the guy. I don't know how much he really is trying to make an effort to protect people's privacy mm. the the skeptic and the pessimist in me wants to say that you know he's only interested in profit and it's not about him benefiting the world socially or connecting people you know what i mean mm. but you know because there's definitely been shady stuff that's happened but you know i actually think it's a little interesting uh you know all these other kind of big businesses uh like take your pick I mean, I guarantee you, none of them are clean. None of like I guarantee, I would all, I'd be willing to bet money that they've been doing shady deals. It's kind of weird that the, you know, the congressional committee kind of singles out Facebook and chooses them over probably these people. You know, that are some of them, would like, uh, what do I want to use? Some of them might be spokesmen, or they might be like these big businesses might be influencing these senators. I mean, I guarantee you that goes on, but it's kind of interesting that I think that the Congressional Committee singles out Facebook and kind of says, hey, you guys are doing shady dealing whenever there might be, you know, these other big businesses in their back pocket might be doing the same thing. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if you saw, <laughs> just going back to memes, I don't know if you saw the meme that I posted. <clears throat> I saw it and uh, it made me laugh. 
it was Spider-Man looking at another Spider-Man, and it said uh, something along the lines of the U.S. government questioning uh, <laughs> the U.S. government questioning Mark Zuckerberg on. Uh, privacy, you know, invading people's privacy or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. like two Spider-Mans like pointing, at <laughs> like, "Hey, you're guilty," you know, you're the yeah, and uh, and it just yeah, kind of cracked me up because it is, it's so it's definitely some hypocrisy. Yeah, I mean, you know, go back to the Patriot Act after you know nine eleven and and the NSA and all this stuff and, and gathering information. It's no different. It's no, you know, it's no different. And some people are saying, "Oh, you know, the the U.S. government just wants a wants a piece of that." pie of whatever the money Facebook is making. They want to tax, uh, you know, Facebook for having all this data on people. And, you know, if that's the case, that's scary, you know, because mm-hmm. the more information, you know, and knowledge is power, information's power, and the more these, these artificial intelligence programs get developed and the more information people have, it's, you know, it's kind of scary. And I agree, something needs to be done, um, you know. But and you said that it should be the individual. But what if the individual doesn't? What if what if we as a society don't do anything, or there's not any people that are really pushing for it? Should the government step in, or would you like the government to step in, regardless of whether or not they're involved in any sort of shady dealings, or if, whether or not they're doing the same thing as Facebook? Would you still want them to step in and pass regulations limiting, you know, corporations' ability to? Uh, use the internet to secure certain data from individuals. I mean, like like I said earlier, I'm, I don't believe whenever the second you get on the internet, you should know that your information is never one hundred percent safe. I mean, it's just kind of a risk. I like all these, you know, computer hackers and people who you know steal identities and all those. But well, that's kind of a separate. I mean, that's kind of a separate issue, though, because I mean, yeah, you're. I know, but I'm just saying. I don't think. It, I don't think you should think that like yeah, Facebook should be. You know, if Facebook's stealing all this information, I don't think like the second you get on the internet, your information's not safe. Like you should know that. Well, here I mean, yeah, you can have you can have as many um, you know antiviruses, water, computer protection. Your information's not safe. Well, like the well, second, the the second you start putting information on the internet, Here's here's what I'm saying. There's a difference between saying that your your information is vulnerable because I mean. To, to throw out a, an analogy, if you're out on the road, you know anytime you get in a car and you drive on the highway, you're at some sort of risk in a car, right? Mm-hmm. You could break down, you could get in a car accident, whatever, whatever. We're not talking about the, you know, the associated risks per se of the internet as a whole because obviously there are some and we can go to things like hackers or you know, antivirus software or firewalls or whatever, but we're just talking more specifically about the government having the ability because they can you can't control the internet the internet is like the new wild wild the new wild wild west you know there's hackers like you said it's it's a high speed information highway but with companies that you can control mm-hmm. should should the government be doing that um i mean obviously i feel like it's the companies business to control and regulate their own ideas, but whenever I feel like it's up to the highest level, maybe even Mark Zuckerberg, you know, realizing what's going on and not doing anything about it, turning a blind eye, I feel like, yeah, at that point, probably someone should step in. I mean, most likely the government should step in and start regulating, saying, you know, um, like, while some information, you know, you can't use, like, there'll be things on Facebook, like, hey, you've been friends with this person for so long. I think, well, that's okay. 
a lot of the stuff that the Facebook was using is not, and the government should definitely be regulating that. Yeah. At some point, I feel like if Facebook does not change what they've done and there's not immediate change, then yes, I feel like the government should step in. I feel you. And, you know, and honestly, right up until just now, I was kind of thinking the same thing, but, you know, given my conspiracy theory uh, leaning self, I don't necessarily know that I want the government getting involved with a a private corporation on that, on that level, giving their current state, because, you know, if they end up getting too closely correlated with Facebook, maybe they would, you know, end up having access to that same level of information as Facebook does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already been speculated that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has gone to the White House and Google and, and all these information companies are, because the, the companies themselves are in it for profit motive. The go- I mean, everybody's in it for profit motive, but if they're paying information to the highest bidder, you know, anybody could go in and get that information that was interested. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, I feel like Facebook's obviously not the only company that has been taking information, and I feel like they just kind of was the one that, uh, they just kind of were the one who got hit with it, like, kind of with this, you know, stick. Yeah, if you kind of like use that, but, what was that? Having to be the they're they're the, they're the scapegoat. That yeah, scapegoat. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, picked out. You know, other than all these other companies that have, I guarantee you, I've done the same thing. But you know, yeah. hopefully, with Facebook getting hit with that, these other companies were like, oh well, maybe we're not so safe as we thought we were. You know, whatever. Yeah, they, trying uh, to make an example out of them, kind of putting mm-hmm. the fear into them. Yeah, because you and we yeah. don't know what's going on behind the scenes either. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, though, it is people's responsibility. It, you know, that's why I fall in the camp of being more towards like a libertarian. And as far as my, um, you know, beliefs, as far as what government should be, I believe in and limited government and more personal responsibility. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we really only need the government for things like, you know, uh, national security and, you know, maybe building roads and highways or a few other things, and maybe not even that. Maybe, you know, states should build their own, you know, roadways and connectors to each other or, mm-hmm. or, or what have you. And I think people should be more educated and aware and, and take more personal responsibility and be more independent. I think it's so silly that we kind of rely so much on the government or, or other organizations for education. I think we should be educating ourselves and, and our own kids and, <laughs> You know, I mean, people are capable of doing so much once they're aware of it and they take responsibility for themselves and their lives instead of waiting on other people, you know, to do it for them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, to the uh, thing where people should be educating themselves and parents should be educating their children, I feel like that would actually help out a lot with, you know, parents who've been in the real world, quote unquote. You know, a lot of kids, including myself, whenever after, after I got out of high school, I really had no idea what I was doing. And I feel like that could be said for a lot of the same, uh, for a lot of kids who are graduating high school, you know, not knowing how to do all these things, balance a checkbook, uh, you know, mortgage, renting, all these things that, you know, are very much needed in the real world. We were never taught in high school. So, yeah, I feel like parents teaching their own children about or, yeah, instructing their own children about all these things would definitely benefit society. For sure. 
And for those of you listening, in case you didn't know, Austin, you tell them your age and uh, what you what you're kind of doing. What's your uh, introduce yourself a little bit more? All right, uh, <laughs> I can do it for you, but you can go ahead. I mean, you got it. Yeah, all right. uh, a little bit late in the pod, <laughs> a little bit late in the podcast. Listen, for that we're one. mixing uh, it up, man. I'm throwing curveballs. I'm up. just having yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't. You know, fall straight in the whole life. Sometimes you got to swim upstream. Uh, <laughs> my name is Austin Fox. I was born in Miami, Florida. I grew up in North Georgia. Um, I'm 19 years old. Are you a learned man? You know, living life every day. Are you what a learned? Are you a learned man? I'm the learned, the learnedest man. You're the most learned. Uh, the what most is learned. your What is your education level for those uh, for those that don't know? Um, I have you taken um, high school grad. Classes? I took. Uh, I started college, but unfortunately, my FAFSA was unable to go through, so I could not finish it. Oh. Uh, and yeah, actually, back to you know, watch the government show. I feel like FAFSA is definitely important. You know, because obviously at a college level, your parents can't teach you certain things. Sure. Certain, something that might, they might not have gone, gone into that. I feel like obviously a parent who's a mechanic can't teach their son who wants to be a doctor about, you know, cardiac arrest and all these things. But, uh, but so why like, do you, you know, so but why was, do you think, uh, and I was going to go into uh, going talking about myself a little bit more, because I don't even know if I'm talking about my age and education level and all that stuff, but it's not important. We'll come back to it. But as far as FAFSA, do you so you think that pe- that the government should pay for people to go to school or at least a I mean absolutely I, obviously some people can't afford a secondary education you know uh, and I feel like that's definitely a job job of the government to do because you know some like there could be a genius child out there for example whose mm-hmm. parents aren't very wealthy he's the the parents aren't well off he's not well off then lower lower class who can't afford to go to college but could, you know, arguably even, you know, win an Peace Prize, for example. Like, I just don't think that if FAFSA was disabled, I don't think it would benefit. I think it would actually harm the uh, economy and, you know, the job world in a lot of ways. Hmm. Interesting. And that's just my opinion. I feel like definitely the government, I, I agree, smaller government. But I feel like some things, I feel like we need to know what's necessary and what's unnecessary. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. Is college necessary? I mean, we've kind of gotten this idea in our heads that, you know, don't get me wrong. I think a secondary education is important. But, Mm -hmm. you know, people are going, you know, paying tens of thousands of dollars and going in debt for an education. And a lot of times they're not even going into the field of the degree that they, you know, Mm -hmm. that they got. And um, my opinion is, I mean, is college necessary? Absolutely. I mean, you need, a, you need, you definitely need a secondary education for some of these professions. A doctor, you can't learn how to be a doctor straight out of high school or. Sure, you know, but how many def- people I mean, are? But how many people are doctors? And how many? And how many percent of the people that are doctors used financial aid for college? I mean, I couldn't give you the percentage, but um, well, why I, mean, not? I could look it up. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll look it up right now. Let's see if I can. Let's see if I can pull it up. What percentage uh, of doctors used financial aid? Yes, used financial aid. 
see if Google can give me a quick answer. If not, we'll keep going. But I mean, you know, either way, do you really do you think that that there's going to be a high number of doctors that? Uh, I mean, if like I, financially, I mean, their parents must be very wealthy. If not, their parents must be very wealthy to put them through all that college and schooling. But I mean, I I would be willing to bet that some students have wanted to be doctors and definitely have used financial aid to pursue that uh, profession. True. I'm I'm pulling up. I pulled up. And that's also kind of saying like if uh, unless your parents are well off, you can't be a doctor. It's like it's cutting. It's limiting lower certain classes, certain economic classes. If they're you know, if FAFSA was disabled to say like the, it would be cutting off certain professions to them. Sure. You know, saying if you because obviously I don't think financial aid is going to cover all of the schooling you need to be for to be a doctor or uh, you know whatever profession have you. See, but then, but then if you're, you know, because if you, if you're going to pay for a doctor to go to school, uh-huh. that's going to take a lot of money. That's eight years of education. Mm-hmm. And don't, don't get me wrong. Doctors are absolutely necessary. But mm-hmm. who's to guarantee how long that person is even a doctor for? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. or, or what, you know, do they have to pay any of that back? Is it worth it to say... You know, we need doctors that badly that we're going to pay for, you know, half a million dollars. Maybe that's a, a um, you know, inflated number, but, you know, a significant amount of money for an education to become a doctor just because we need doctors that badly. Is that something that the taxpayers should pay for? Or is it better that there's just an incentive for doctors because there are less or, or fewer of them and there's a high potential for, you know, earning and having a you know six figure income and having a comfortable life and you know being able to have a second home or having your own practice or whatever is that enough of an incentive that you know people could take out a loan or you know have have another potential option to where you know the government doesn't have to provide that for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I do feel like it's almost the government's job or kind of responsibility to do that to educate its citizens. I mean. Um, uh, I, I mean, loans. Some people can't afford. I couldn't afford a loan because my I don't have credit. I don't have enough credit yet. Like out of high school, some people can't even get them if they want to pursue a second education, become a doctor, because we haven't built up any credit. Right. Because you definitely need credit to be able to buy a loan. I wish I would have known that. You know, that's something I wish I would have known True. before uh, I got out of high school. And it's you know, some certain people can only do that. Definitely not people who've gotten out of high school because they haven't built up a credit score yet. And so banks won't offer a loan to people who don't have a credit score. True. And yeah. so some people who might want to pursue it wouldn't even be able to take out a loan. And they're the same people who might be in a lower economic class. So their only choice is financial aid if they want to be a doctor. True. Well, I mean, another question is is the cost of education because you know how much of how much of that money is actually necessary. And for example, you know, you're familiar with Chattahoochee Technical College. I know you took classes there. So did I. I didn't take classes there. Oh, you never took you never took classes there. No. Why don't you uh, Why don't you research your My podcast partners before you? Yeah. So. I have no idea who this person. Why don't you research is, your how they got on the air? Get them off. I, <laughs> you're a stranger. Okay. Well, anyway, well, I took classes at a um, Georgia Technical College, and it's 
It's probably one of the cheaper, if not the cheapest, school that I took classes at. It might have been the only, but just as far as my experience and and looking at other um, classes and and tuition costs, it's really pretty inexpensive, and I feel like the education that you get is pretty well-rounded and pretty, you know, uh, suitable for for any intelligent person. I, I consider myself pretty intelligent. And I didn't even take, I never completed a degree program. I think I have like 60 plus, you know, credit hours, um, taking different things, jumping around, trying to figure out what I liked. But I feel like it helped me a lot and it gave me kind of a boost and uh, a little bit of a, a footstool to, you know, read and, and, and learn more and taught me more how to teach myself. And I really feel like that's, that's the most powerful type of learning that anybody can do is when they're self-taught mm-hmm. because almost any time somebody's teaching you something there's yep. there's an agenda behind it even if it's as simple as because they want you to be able to accomplish whatever it is they're trying to teach you there's there's some sort of you know motive or probably underlying cause behind it and so instead of letting other people be in control of what you learn and kind of how your mind is molded and shaped because that's kind of my in my opinion part of the problem with depending on the government to do it for you because then you're giving them the power to dictate how your mind is formed and shaped and how you're educated and what have you but if you're educating yourself then you're in control you can pick the subjects you can pick the things that you're passionate about and and you can pursue those things and become as knowledgeable as you want and in my opinion be happier because you're not wasting time learning about arbitrary um, subjects or things that that might not interest you or be applicable to your life you know what I mean yeah I mean of course but I feel like at the moment there's not really much of an alternative I mean yes there is homeschooling where you could you know teach your own child but uh, there's some things that obviously you can teach your child you know, like you wouldn't obviously be able to know all this information that you would get through 13 plus years of schooling. So I feel like at the moment there's not much of an alternative to, you know, public schooling or, you know, having, I guess, your, in your words, these agendas or, I mean, unless you have a different opinion on that, then. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, I'm kind of in the personal responsibility boat. Don't get me wrong, I don't think that that every parent is capable of homeschooling. But I, th- I think there's other options. I definitely think that that people are more capable of, of governing themselves than an organization is because, you know, they're, they're self-preserving and they're, they're looking out for their own interests, in my opinion, more than they are of the individual. And it makes sense, you know, whether or not they're, even if they weren't looking out for um, their best interests, they're going to be looking out for the majority's best interest, which in some ways is fine. But if that steps on my rights or kind of comes in and, you know, kind of makes my life hard or difficult in a way that I don't think is fair or appropriate, then, you know, I think that government's still smaller and people should be responsible for educating and taking care of themselves. But that's because I tend to be more of a pessimist when it comes to government. I have, <laughs> haven't had a lot of good experiences uh, in, my, in my 29 years of living. I mean, yeah, I definitely feel like at certain points, I, you know, I agree with you, smaller government, but I feel like at certain points, 
the government has to be there for some reason. I mean, obviously, I feel like the government needs there to occur to create laws or, you know, if, or, you know, the judicial system, even though I feel like the judicial system is flawed, I feel like government is definitely important, but at certain areas, I just feel like they fail and there should be less government in certain areas and the state should have more control or the people should have more control. I mean, that's just, you know, that's my viewpoint, but. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's no joke that, you know, the government doesn't really do things super efficient. It costs a lot more for the government to do something in the private sector because there's less motivation, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if people, there's a lot of, you know, I think people think that they have more power than they do or or they like to think that they have more recourse than they actually do. But, you know, one, if you're unhappy about something, what what type of power or, or authority do you actually have to change it Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, what's your recourse? I mean, can you? I mean, I guess you could. You could try to gather people together. You could protest. You could send emails. What if that doesn't happen fast enough? Do you, you know, protest out in the streets? If you get too mm-hmm. large of a protest, you know, are the are the riot police going to come and shoot, you know, tear gas and, you know, what you know what happens, you know, kind of thing. So. Just so I know your question. Uh, your question is, who? Can I? Your <laughs> the question. So is it, um, what powers do the people have uh, to try to? Is that your question? Kind of. I'm sorry, I was a little confused. No, it's, it's not. What powers do the people have? It's just. I think that people allow the government to have so much. Mm-hmm. Power because they think they have more recourse, but in reality, you don't really have a lot of recourse, and so I think people let things go further than they should before taking action. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Because uh... to go back, <laughs> sorry, I, was, I, I mean crackers and uh, and had to take a little sip of some Powerade. I was I was getting famished. But, <clears throat> But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the, I think the key is, <clears throat> like, like we said, we don't need to go too far into that because we could, we could definitely go deep into there. It's a deep rabbit hole. It's a deep rabbit hole to go into the government, the government versus personal responsibility. And I think it's interesting with you being uh, significantly younger than me. <clears throat> and, I mean, a lot of people have that kind of point of view, but it's just like, it almost seems unimaginable for there to not be kind of a government in place as we know it. You know, and, and I'm not, don't, don't let me put words in your mouth, but I know that there's certain people that feel like if, you know, there weren't as many police or whatever, or there weren't as many, you know, Congress people or governmental offices, that things would turn into the purge. And, you know... I don't know if you believe that or not, but, you know, I don't think that that's the case. I think that, I think that it could, you know, things could be bad depending on the circumstances, but I don't think just naturally reducing the amount of um, legislation and, and government oversight would automatically relinquish people into a state of, 
you know, criminality or, you know, the, the degradation of society or, um, you know, the eroding of that moral foundation. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, and I definitely agree. Um, I just, I'm just saying that like in certain areas, like, uh, maybe in the education system or maybe in the, uh, what have you, but I'm saying like in certain areas as well, like maybe, you know, police and, uh, like all these things that the government definitely should, like, I definitely agree that there should be some form of government. Absolutely. Cause there needs to be some regulation with certain things. But in certain areas, like kind of, there needs to be regulation with certain things and kind of the most important and basic. Government should be like very basic. So maybe, you know, um, security and like, like you said earlier, national security and um, internal security, you know, police, uh, hospitals mm-hmm. and all these things. But in certain areas, I definitely feel like the government could be smaller and not have as much hand in uh, like the education system per se. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what about, speaking of government, and one of the other big issues that I kind of wanted to touch on was, um, you know, or that's in the news as far as legislation is what's going on as far as gun control. <clears throat> and, um, you know, the people saying that there should be the ban of assault rifles, and, you know, um, I heard a rumor, and I, I haven't, well, I mean, I don't know if it's a rumor, if I can say it's fact, but I researched it, and it's it appears that Bank of America has put out a notice to um, certain uh, mortgage holders of theirs or, or some of their uh, lendees, if you will, that borrow money from them to manufacture assault rifles or have gun manufacturing facilities. They said they're no longer going to underwrite or be a part of lending money <clears throat> to companies that are building uh, certain types of firearms. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get involved, I guess, too, as far as making an impact with gun control. And that's another thing where, you know, should the government be stepping in at all and regulating firearms or should, you know, should they be staying out of it? I, you know, I definitely agree. Something needs to change. There needs to be some form of gun control. I don't know. I don't think that should take the place of banning of guns because I personally don't believe it will change anything. Mm-hmm. But I believe that maybe giving guns out to specific people or, you know, better uh, background checks or mental uh, mental health checks or should definitely be – the security of mental health checks should be, like, definitely increased or mental stability. But I feel like the banning of guns wouldn't – or banning of certain types of guns would not really change anything. Yeah. Do you know something Something that's interesting? You know that uh, the first school shooting ever recorded was in the early 1800s. Really? And it was done with bows and arrows by the Indians. It wasn't even used. The gun, guns weren't even used. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just think that's interesting. People thinking... If we, you know, banning of assault rifles and banning of, you know, bun stocks, that's going to that's gonna change everything and save, you know, that's going to stop school shootings when the person who's willing to commit these crimes, they're willing to commit a capital crime of murder, are, you know, it's, the banning of certain guns isn't going to stop them from doing that, you know. If they really wish, you know, they could take a handgun or a shotgun and... Like, I feel like one death is too many, obviously, mm-hmm. but the banning of assault rifle isn't going to stop them saying, you know, well, I'll just, well, I'll just bring a shotgun or, 
even if all gangs are banned, you, you can make a fertilizer bomb out of fertilizer, you know, modium nitrate and gasoline. Whoa, make a bomb whoa, with, whoa, you know, whoa. How do you know that recipe, dog? Uh, not important. <laughs> um, oh, geez. you know, not, the pod, not only is the podcast going to get shot down, you, you got to get me <laughs> yeah, yeah, the NSA is listening. Uh, yeah, but uh, the people who have these ideas that banning these certain guns is gonna. I mean, I feel like it maybe might reduce the you know Less the amount of casualties. But even at that point, you know that person, like I said, is willing to commit capital crimes. You think they're not willing to break the law again by getting an assault rifle? You think that's gonna stop them? There's obviously an illegal gun market. So I just feel like I feel like the people I know they're very emotional. And I feel like they want change immediately, and so they look to the, you know, they just try to find something quickly to kind of be the scapegoat and blame, like saying blame guns, get, um, you know, they just try to blame guns so quickly. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think, uh, you know, I think that the overall kind of mood or tone in the country or, or that we as a society have is one of just desperation. People are sick and tired of... <clears throat> Excuse me, everything that's going on, regardless of what side, you know, you stand on left, right, you know, wherever, whatever you kind of associate with, people are sick and tired of what's going on in the world today. I think that, that we're, you know, we're hungry for a more fulfilling uh, way of life. We mm-hmm. are, you know, um, we're, we just want a deeper, more meaningful existence and we're not seeing that happen. We're, you know, we're seeing a, a um, you know, a disregard for human life. We're seeing, you know, all sorts of all sorts of atrocities take place because we're we're allowing them to. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's why at New Mind Collective, we're, you know, we're addressing this stuff. We're trying to make a positive impact, and, you know. Hopefully, by talking about this stuff and raising awareness, we can eventually um, see a brighter tomorrow. We're going to talk about that more in uh, future episodes. And there is even a, another point that ultimately we want to get to that's going to be on part two of this podcast. Kind of having to cut it short because we're limited to a one-hour time block today. In the future, hopefully we'll be able to get some longer um, podcasts going on. But we will be, we will be back sometime in the next few days. Um, I'm looking. I know I mentioned it on a certain podcast before that. Um, maybe I did. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to find my outro music, a uh, little behind the scenes tip while I'm talking to you guys. All right, got it. <laughs> um, we're gonna be trying to do episodes on Monday and Friday, or at least releasing them on Monday and Friday for you guys. So keep coming back. Stay tuned. But I might, uh, oops, a little too soon on there. We'll start that over when it's actually time to go. 60 seconds till we're out of time. It's turned red. Stay tuned. Monday and Friday. Uh, outro music coming. Check out Instagram at New Mind Collective. There is going to be some cool stuff popping up there soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. Austin. Thanks for coming in and, and being a guest today, right. man. Say uh, say farewell to the people before we before we kick it. Uh, thank you for having me. And have a good day and just stay woke. Stay woke, man. From the source himself, 
Austin Fox. Appreciate you guys tuning in. New Mind Collective. It's a movement. We're doing this together. Take care.